0: Welcome to It's All Connected, a Marvel Studios podcast brought to you by MCUExchange.com. It's all connected. Everything. Iron Fist Casting Watch 2015 continues, John.
1: WTF.
0: <laughs> I
1: I can't uh I mean I guess it's far off. I don't I never know the order of things. The fact that Daredevil Season 2 is filming blows my mind. Who
0: saw that coming?
1: I it really it went from like, hey, we have a punisher to here are set pictures. I never expected that in a million years. You know, then I guess like Luke Cage, we haven't heard anything about. No. You know, Jessica Jones, definitely we've gotten a bunch of set photos and really not much more info than a few pictures of uh, Kristen Ritter. When you, when I think about it, I guess. maybe I know there's been a couple of other uh, castings named for that show, but nothing for Luke Cage and nothing for Iron Fist. But I'm thinking that you know, Daredevil Season 2 got fast-tracked and probably pushed off Luke Cage and Iron Fist a bit.
0: Yeah, because I, I I mean, I've been hearing rumored things like, oh, no, they're they're going to basically do three in 2016. That will get... Daredevil Season 2 will get Luke Cage and Iron Fist, but I've seen nothing to confirm that.
1: That's crazy. And do we even know... You know, I, I know we don't know the Daredevil... Date. I'm thinking March or April now that they're filming, um, you know, to bring it back about a year later. Do we know the date for Jessica Jones?
0: No, I think everybody is kind of pointing towards November, December. I mean, that's kind of the conventional wisdom. But uh, but yeah, there's nothing nothing confirmed on that either. I I think I think you're I tend to agree with you that we'll probably get Daredevil season two right around the same time we got Daredevil season one just to kind of maybe keep it consistent. Um, but what, you know, as far as what that does to, to Luke Cage, I mean, you know, who knows, but uh, I, I thought it was BS at first. Like I, you know, I, you and I kind of swapped emails back and forth cause you know, we hadn't heard about, you know, like writer's room meetings or scripts or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, we just got some casting announcements, and then all of a sudden, you know, people are taking pictures on the street of uh, Foggy and, and Matt filming scenes. And at first I was like, oh, maybe this is just like something old. You know how like occasionally somebody will post something on Facebook and it everybody thinks it's, it's new. And then you go digging into it and you see the date timestamp on the post and it, it's from a website from, you know, four years ago or something like that. Right. Or April 1st. Exactly. Exactly. But this is legit. I mean, this is definitely legit. So...
1: Yeah, and I think we have a bunch of uh, Daredevil news pieces, but first we should probably tell the people what they're listening to. We should. It's all connected, episode 68. Got it. Got it. Nailed it. This is John. I am with Russell. Hello, Russell. Hello. And we are back. We're going to do some Daredevil tonight, like we promised. I think we're going to hit up on Foggy and Karen and and maybe some other characters, time- permitting and that was kind of our idea for the whole episode 68 and then suddenly uh tonight today i should say as we record some more daredevil news dropped that maybe uh you can enlighten us on russell
0: yeah so it looks like uh we have an electra and her name is elodie jung
1: excellent yeah I'm happy that we have an Electra and she's named. I just love the news. You know, I love the breaking news on this stuff. It's very exciting. Um, and she happens to be badass. Yes. Uh, I know her best from G.I. Joe Retaliation. She played Jinx, I believe. Is That's the ninja female character name, correct? Yep. Jinx? Cute. Yeah. Correct. And... I watched, when this was announced, I jumped on my iPad and I have G.I. Joe Retaliation on one of my digital, whether it be Flixster or iTunes or whatever, I forget. Um, and, I, and I punched that up quick. And, you know, she has a great training scene with Snake Eyes uh, where they go at it. And it looks like it is the actress uh, with the chops. I'm not aware of any other martial arts stuff that she has done. Maybe do you have the IMDb pulled up? or?
0: Yeah, eight? nothing. Oh, uh, District 13 Ultimatum, which was the sequel to uh, District B-13, that yes. French. yep. Parkour yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Wow, so I'm sure if she was involved in any of the good stuff going on in those films, uh, you know, and you, and you never know what's a body double and what exactly is going on, but uh, there's pretty... Good shots of her face in the training scene. I think she definitely has some chops. She doesn't say much, if anything, in that movie. I didn't watch the whole movie. I was looking for specific fight scenes um, with her in it. But the re- it's funny because the red ninja costume in um, G.I. Joe Retaliation, it's pretty much Elektra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, so I'm sure there will be some awesome fan trailers or you know fan posters for Daredevil with shots of her from from GI Joe. So I'm excited. I know there's a little bit of backlash, I guess, that she's not Greek. I haven't seen any of it, but you were telling me earlier.
0: Yeah, it's just a, a you know sometimes it's it's the vocal minority. I think, I, you know, personally, it, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, if they find somebody that looks good. That has the acting chops and, and can do, you know, some of the stunt work at least to make it, to make it look good. Then it it doesn't really matter to me. Like I, I, you know, I don't get hung up too much on, you know, nationality and, and, and race and things like that. I mean, if you're, if you're casting somebody that fits the part, then they fit the part. So, um, but she's, she's French Cambodian. So she grew up in France and according to her IMDB, uh, she has a black belt in karate and she also has a law degree, which I thought was funny given that she's been cast in Daredevil. She has a right.
1: law degree. That's v- that's very cool. She has the look.
0: I think um, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, she yeah. definitely has that dark kind of exotic look that Electra should have. And you know the the casting it's like you said, I, I don't care. Uh I was a big fan of Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin, as we've said before. I think it I think it worked out really well. I don't care if it doesn't matter for the story. And I'm trying to think of an instance like Luke Cage. I haven't read a ton of Luke Cage, but Luke Cage needs to be African American. Right. You know, it's yeah. part of the character. Sure, sure. I've argued with people that Iron Fist needs to not be Asian because part of his story is that when he goes to Kunlun, which is in the Himalayan mountains, and the you know the people that live there are Asian, he is an outsider, right? Exactly. The point is that he's not Asian. He could be black, sure. He, you know, he can be white. He just can't be Asian, or they have to change that whole origin. And that you know, and I'm sure there are other examples. You know, people I'm sure argued that the Mandarin really needed to be Asian being that he's the Mandarin, but then is it, like, stereotypical? It just gets very – it's not a black and white line, pardon the pun, no pun intended, but you know what I'm getting at. Absolutely. It's it's a very – it's a fine line to sort of toe. I'm fine with anything that gives us a good character, and again, only in some instances does it really – is it really tied to a race or a color or a nationality or, you know – Yeah,
0: and that was, you know, one of the comments I put on Facebook is, like, there's nothing about Electra that is essential that she's Greek. Like, they could change her to be from any other country, and it would still fit. There's nothing intrinsic to that character that's Greek. I mean, her father is, like, a magnate or whatever, and, I mean, you could be from any country.
1: Exactly, and, I mean, I think they already called her the Greek girl, but, again, this is not an actress who, you know, she... She could be Greek. She could be any sort of exotic island uh, nationality. You know what I mean? Like, they can pull a lot of of things off with her. Also, you know, Marvel's really good at adapting origins and stuff to make it better for live action and update it. How much sense did the Greek girl getting trained by the hand make, you know, anyway?
0: Exactly. That, that, and that was kind of my argument is, you know, being that she's so closely associated with the hand, if, if they, if they go with, with an Asian theme, it fits. I mean, it, it totally fits. So yeah, I just, it's just, it's funny how, you know, people get hung up on things that to me just don't, I mean, not even just hung up, but just, just kind of overboard with, with things. And I'm just looking at it going, yeah, she looks the part. She's got the chop. She's got the background, you know, let's, let's, you know, let's get, let's do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Uh and they Marvel put out like a great teaser poster to to sort of confirm cuz once it got out on the internet I I don't know who was first. I'm terrible at that crap. I think it might have been like a variety story or
0: Yeah, it looks like the the announcement came from Marvel though. Like I don't think this was something that that got leaked and then and then later confirmed. I could be totally wrong on that, but um a couple of the reports I were I was reading said, you know, Marvel has announced. So Right. Um, you know, usually when I'm reading that, that means that that's where it came from. So,
1: And lots of cool stuff. You know, MCUExchange.com, our site already has uh, a nice story up on it and, uh, you know, a lot of information out there on the actress and the part and what it could mean, what it could lead to. And I, I just hope... I trust Marvel and th- this show was great for season 1. Like I really wanted the focus on the Punisher and now you know we knew we were going to have Elektra but now it's more real. I hope it just doesn't get like spread too thin.
0: Yeah, I can I can almost see like the Elektra thing being like the stick episode from season 1 where it's a heavy focus for one episode and then that's it or maybe yeah. you know maybe two episodes. Uh, and I think if they go that route i think I think it'll be fine, but yeah, I agree with you i think I think you try and jam too much in and then somebody gets short shrifted.
1: I would really like it if uh you know maybe this is the Punisher season. a lecture shows up, shows up, they build a relationship, you know it's hot and heavy season three bullseye kills her yeah, you know that <laughs> yeah that would be that would be great um. I'm all for Elektra being around for at least, you know through the season into next season. I I am saying one breath I wanted to be around the next breath I want Bullseye to a killer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it well it's it's just such a, a key part of that of that mythos. Again, when we talk about being true to the character, being true to, you know, uh to the material, I you know that's that's just part of it. Daredevil issue 181. Yep for anybody that is
1: looking for uh, what we're talking about. So we did Electra casting. I, I mean, I guess we did season two filming. Is there anything else we could say about that besides it just blowing our minds?
0: So yeah, the, the lady credited with the, uh, with the photographs for that is Shelley Kay. She's a New York photographer uh, and her Twitter is at Shelley Kay NYC. And that's, k-a-y-n-y-c uh, and she's using you could if you're searching twitter too other than just her her twitter handle uh if you could use the the hashtag shelly k photography uh, and there's there's a bunch of uh, set photos there but yeah if you if you go to twitter.com slash shelly k-n-y-c you'll see all those photographs there excellent Yep, yep,
1: yep. It was good stuff. You know, it was good stuff. A lot of, you know, Charlie Cox stuff and of course I was looking for uh Punisher or <laughs> John Barthol lurking anywhere. Yeah, yeah, but uh I was also filming during the day, you know, in New York City, which probably is probably like one or two scenes in the entire series. Most of it'll be like at night in the rain or whatever.
0: Yeah, I wonder that uh, it made me think that maybe one of some of this filming is just like OK, they knew they needed like, what do they call them, pickups or um, staging shots or something like that in areas where maybe it was like time sensitive that, you know, they got the permits or whatever. And they had to kind of act fast on just, you know, putting stuff together to film or something, you know, like maybe full scripts or whatever aren't done yet. But, you know, but they needed to, to shoot something. So, yeah, it just you know, seemed really odd that, you know, the, the series premiered in April. I think it got greenlit. what, early May, like, late April for season two? And it just seemed odd that, like, they would move that fast on writing 13 episodes, you know, change a showrunner, you know, get directors and get, you know, cast and everything on board, and start filming within two months. Like, it just seems kind of crazy, but...
1: Well, you know what? We talked a little bit in the past about how successful this show was, and putting it on the level with House of Cards and Orange is the New Black and you know orange is the new black comes out every summer. Yep. So it must be on a similar type schedule.
0: Yeah, same thing with um House of Cards. I mean it's always, you know, what that February, the you know, January February time frame, so. Right. Yep, yep.
1: Very good. So we are excited for Daredevil season 2, nice little uh surprise, right? And you know, right before San Diego Comic-Con, right before Ant-Man. Yeah. You yeah, know we're gonna be on a roll. Before you know it, Agents of Shield will be back. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna talk some Daredevil.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk some Daredevil.
1: Picking it up from last uh, episode where we talked about Kingpin. And who else did we talk about, Russ?
0: Wesley and. Wesley, yes. And Vanessa.
1: I remember now. So today we're going to shoot for Karen and Foggy, and maybe, who knows?
0: Maybe Claire, the night nurse, if we can, if we, if we don't go too long and get too too wordy on uh, on the other two.
1: Nice. I was, um, you know, I've been I've been looking back at the at the Daredevils uh, episodes a little bit, and I've also been rereading. Um, the Bendis and Brubaker, it will become the Brubaker Daredevil run. I'm still into the Bendis stuff, which which is so good. If anybody's again looking for Daredevil to read, um, it's amazing to me how they just nailed Foggy.
0: Yeah, yeah. For
1: this for this television show, uh, you know, down to the dialogue. And just I don't I don't know maybe maybe it's my mind playing tricks on me, but it's like I've always heard foggy in my head sound just like uh you know, he's being portrayed by Eldon Henson on the Netflix show.
0: Yeah, he's you know, it's kind of funny because he's kind of schlubby but not completely schlubby, you know what I mean like he's he's a little, I guess maybe less socially. Adept and aware than than Matt is, but but not so much so that he's like a complete social outcast and pariah. So I I think I think that's one of the things they captured as a really good balance with with the character from the show is that he has that really good balance of of kind of not being super cool, but not being a complete, you know, uh, a complete train wreck either.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just so true to the source material. I mean, Foggy's always giving that, you know, every every woman that walks into that law firm that's smoking hot, you know, is drawn right to Matt. Yeah. You know, and he'll try everything from that person coming in the door to getting into Matt's office to win her over. But, you know, once, it, you know, Matt will feel her face or yeah. <laughs> do his yeah. other blind voodoo or whatever, and it's over. Yeah. Um there's so much of that in the comics and they and they really pulled that through in the show. Um and they you know what they I don't recall and I could be wrong and I'm rereading all this great stuff now so I'll probably be proven wrong as I continue to go on. I don't recall Foggy ever getting a girl in the in the comics. Uh and they did let him have what is it Marcy on on the uh yeah, the Netflix show as, yeah. as sort of a little bad idea, you know, reoccurring bad idea, which yeah, we can all relate to, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, in the well, it's funny in the I, as you 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 mentioned you're reading the Benda stuff, and I'm going back and actually starting with the uh, the Kevin Smith stuff. So I'm starting with like issue one of that run because um, we we both been using the Marvel Unlimited app. And, uh, and looking at stuff that way. And, uh, during that Guardian Devil run, Foggy was involved with Liz Osborne, who, I'm trying to think if she was, like, the niece of, of Norman Osborne, or, I don't think it was the daughter, because I think he just had, uh, uh, just had, had the one kid. But, but he was involved with her, and then they had the client come in that he was doing the divorce for. And she was just like all over him, and then she ends up she ends up getting killed and then they suspect Foggy as being the murderer because he was having an affair with her. So it, it even when it seems like when Foggy gets the girl, it's it's like right. the, it's a mess. <laughs> there's right. always something going on with it. Which
1: is sort of a theme of, of Daredevil. You sure. Know, there there's <laughs> all the women are bad news, um, or the ones that aren't bad news seem to meet a quick demise.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I just I, I think they have, you know, Eldon Henson and I think Charlie Cox really do have good chemistry, you know, as partners like you, you could believe these guys were roommates in college and that they decided to, you know, start up this practice and do the right thing and um and, you know, have this friendship. You know, it, it just really like the casting on this show has just been, uh, you know, we talked about it before, but it's just it's just been so spot on. I mean, you know, I, I can't you know, I haven't looked at anything really. I mean, we talked about our issues with Wilson Fisk, but I, I don't think that has as much to do with D'Onofrio as it does uh, with with the writing choice. But uh, but but the casting has just been so spectacular.
1: Yeah, and what a great job they did with the flashbacks to oh yeah set the groundwork for that relationship and, and show us them in college, you know, planning all this stuff that, that yeah you know gave so much more weight to when Foggy felt betrayed about being lied to and stuff, you know,
0: avocados at law.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was just really good stuff. And, and you know what? They even, they did the, um, with Karen, you know, in the original comics, Foggy has a little thing for Karen before that goes the way that it goes. And, And they, and they touched on that. I mean, Foggy was definitely uh, what, they went out for drinks, I guess, on the Netflix show, and yeah,
0: and then dinner she started at the, asking
1: about Matt. I think,
0: yeah, yeah, and then he started getting uncomfortable. But then they they went and had dinner at um, at the lady's oh, apartment. Yes, yes. And then it was like you know they both kind of thought it was an official date, so it was kind of you know they they did some interesting things with the show as far as the relationship with Karen, um, and even even the relationship with Claire Temple, the you know the night nurses. You know, you think, oh, here we go, cliche, right? You know, she's going to fall in love. You know, Karen's going to fall in love with Matt, but Foggy's secretly in love with her, and it's going to cause this crazy triangle. And they really kind of started to go down that road and then kind of pulled it back. You know, Karen and Foggy kind of had their little thing, but then Foggy realized, like, look, this is probably not a good idea. And they both, I think they both kind of realized that. And so it wasn't, like, it's not becoming a thing. Right. Um, and, And I think that helps it not become just like this clichéd uh you know we, we on this podcast and other podcast we you know talk about like that CWification of of a TV show where you know there always has to be this love triangle, you know, situation going on that sometimes can be a little off-putting for a bunch of 30 and 40 something year old uh you know dudes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I I was surprised that they that they went full blown and in this season to have foggy find out that Matt was daredevil. Right. And that he responded the way he did. I mean, that whole episode where it was just, you know, you talked about the flashback, but it was just foggy lighting into Matt, you know, in his apartment, uh, you know, about the fact that not only did he keep the secret from him, but basically he'd been lying to him his whole life. I mean, you know, the fact that he, even though he can't, you know, quote unquote, see he can, he can see. And, you know, I mean, Foggy even questioned him at one point and was like, are you even really blind? Um, And it it was just really a cool, it was a very good Foggy moment. Like, you know, it was, it was taking this character that I think at times, like we said, can easily become a joke and really making him serious and making him, you know, a a stronger character than just, you know, the, the, the slightly chubby sidekick. Yeah. And, And I thought it was interesting too, because I, You know, the other thing is they they both agree to keep it from Karen. Like, you know, I I I thought for a moment there that, you know, Foggy was going to make him make Matt tell Karen, you know, what was going, you know, going on with him. And, uh, you know, he decides to keep a secret. And then, you know, it went even further with, you know, Foggy leaving the law firm and, you know, Karen kind of getting caught up in the middle of it and then him going back to Marcy and, um, you know, just just how. You know, foggy, the, the, it, it's funny because they were, you know, this whole season is just kind of about this, you know, Wilson Fisk, you know, and, and his cohorts uh, running this criminal enterprise to tear Hell's Kitchen down so they could rebuild it back again. And Matt had his angle to approach it, which was using the Daredevil persona to just kind of beat the crap out of people for information and, and to get to the bottom of things. And, you Foggy and Karen kind of took the other angle, which was using the legal system, you know, trying to, to be investigative and, and to use the, their tools on it um, to go to go about it. So even when they kind of had their big dust up, they you know, they still agreed that that Fisk needed to be taken down and they were still going to, you know, going to going to work that way with it.
1: Right. And the real interesting thing about Karen, who, uh, you know, maybe we'll get into a little bit in a second. um, She also has the, you know, she has the baggage that hasn't been revealed to the audience yet. Yeah. Like, something deep and dark has gone on with Karen. So, that's oh, that was interesting, the way they weaved that in, wove that in, without, you know, um, it wasn't in the forefront, but it was there. It didn't distract from the main story, which was really, you know, about their relationship and, like you just said, how it was kind of intricate and, who was going to be with who relationship wise and how they were going to work this all out. But, you know, it, it was definitely known that she has a, a dark past, you know, which is something I'm sure they will, you know, de- dive into it as we get a little deeper into the, into the show.
0: Yeah. I I think, I think Karen was probably the biggest surprise to me as a character in, and how much I, I enjoyed what they did with her because you know, she wasn't just a love interest. She wasn't just the secretary, you know, and it's and, and it kind of mirrors the comics because, you know, ba- back in the back in the day in another life and another podcast, you know, we, we looked at those early Daredevil issues and she was just the second she was the blonde secretary that, um, you know, had a thing for Matt. And, you know, it was very 60s, very, you know, uh, Silver Age, typical, uh, uh, you know, portrayal of women at that time. Uh, And then I guess the Miller run, you know, when, when the Miller run came in and then even the Kevin Smith run came in, they really gave her, they they made her a much more complex character, a much more flawed character that had this, you know, past that came into play. You know, she was, you know, a drug abuse, you know, she was, she was a drug addict and she, you know, did, you know, it's heavily implied. She, you know, prostituted herself and things like that. And knowing that from the comics, And you're looking at the show and at first, you know, she comes across as just being, you know, regular lady working in the office and gets caught up in something really bad, Um, you know, just kind of minding her own business kind of thing. And then they start to peel away at that and there's reasons why she can't go to the police and that she can't, you know, be in the forefront of this investigation as to how her coworker was killed and everything involved because – you know, Ben Urich even found out, you know, about her past. Like, if you do some digging, you're going to find out that there's something with this lady that's going to make her less credible, that's going to embarrass her, that potentially could embarrass Matt and Foggy in the, in the law firm. You know, there's all this stuff that's hanging out there. Yes. Um, and and I, I really like that they just didn't put all the cards on the table with the season. You know, and we talked about it before with, you know, with them mentioning, you know, with Madam Gao, when, when, when Owsley says... Oh, you're going back to to China, and she says, "Oh, you know where I'm going is significantly further than that." Little little hints here and there, and then you know there's all there's there's a bunch of things that they kind of sprinkle in, um, and I think, you know, other other shows would either, you know, rush to 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 give you those answers at the end of season one, um, and and they they just did a good job of just keeping you. There was enough going on with the season in other areas that it was enough to kind of pique your interest and just. Start you guessing and wondering, you know, what's going on with this person? Uh, and, and that's what I'm most looking forward to, I think, with season two is, you know, how is this baggage going to start to affect Karen? Because we not only have her baggage from before she came into Matt and Foggy's life, but she shoots Wesley, which nobody knows. Like, nobody knows that she shot Wesley, but she knows it. Uh, and, and Matt knows that she's still kind of keeping something from her. Like, you know, he he could tell in her heartbeat that she was lying about something, but he didn't know what it was. She answered the question in such a way that he couldn't he couldn't tell, um, but knew she was up to something. So it, it, and and it, it's just I really I, I really like that they brought that to the show with her character.
1: And, and Deborah Ann Wall, who we haven't mentioned yet, uh, just nails it she and and russ and i know we for a while we had this guilty pleasure uh called true blood yeah that we shared (laughs) and uh we loved her as jessica on true blood and i think that's what really excited us when we heard that she was going to be karen page um she does this like frantic i'm gonna come unhinged thing like very very well yeah And when she's, like, pounding the whiskey or whatever, you can just feel all of this on her mind. Like, I tried to take this little, you know, I moved away from wherever, took this secretary job to get away from the spotlight, go under the radar, and now, you know, this is happening to me. Uh, And you just feel like when I watch her, I feel like she could lose it at any, you know, at any moment.
0: Yeah. And she does a really good job of, of playing. I mean, to me, she's a stunning woman. I mean, she is just extreme. In my opinion, she's just really, really attractive and she can go from, you know, kind of the dressed up, really nice looking to, you know, like you said, in the bar slamming, you know, slamming shots and just looking, you know, almost like a half train wreck. Uh, and, and just again, pulls it off really well. So I just, I, I think she was a really, really solid choice. Um, for the, for this role. I mean, it was just one of those things where when they cast it, you're like, oh yeah, you know, that makes, makes plenty of sense, you know, n- nothing kind of raised the eyebrow when, when they cast ever wall as, as Karen page.
1: Yeah. It, perfect. I, I was happy when it was announced and it, it, she definitely delivered.
0: Yeah. And she does like the, like in the beginning when she's in the apartment and she kind of, you know, comes to, and you know, the, the, you know, the, her coworker is dead and she kind of has that trembly, you know, you know where she's shaking and and crying and you know and just kind of has that you know complete despair look on her face. She just really pulls that off well. Um, you know, just she really really sells it.
1: Yeah. Yep. And and we've seen her uh, as Jessica. You know, lose her freaking mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have screaming fits and all sorts of like unhinged uh, moments. Yeah. So. Yep. She does it well.
0: And again, you know, we kind of talked about earlier, but just the fact that it didn't get cliched, you know, it didn't, it didn't become, oh, she's just the, you know, the love interest of Matt Murdock and and she's going to play off a foggy to either make Matt jealous or to, you know, lead one of them on. I mean, that wasn't like, I got the feeling that Matt was mostly clueless that she is even attracted to him. Um, you know, even though she could probably hear heartbeats and things like that, like that wasn't his focus. Um, and and again, they, they just kind of kind of pulled it pulled it back. Um, and then and then her being devious, you know, she, she totally conned Ben Yurick into going to see, you know, Wilson Fisk's mother up in that, you know, in that upscale retirement home or whatever it was, you know, right. where, where he took him to, you know, under completely false pretense. And, and, you know, again, it it just, you know, they're not playing her as the goody-goody, um, you know, female foil. She's she's a very complex character. And maybe Marvel needs more credit
1: for that because, you know, they, they take a lot of heat for their female characters. Um, and I have never really heard from, you know, the media or, or the social networks, you know, what a great job they did with Karen Page.
0: Yeah. Do, do you think sometimes I, and I just kind of thought of this now is that people don't really see the marvel depth, uh, the daredevil netflix show as really a part of the MCU like they do agents of shield or agent carter or even the movies that this is i mean obviously it takes place in that in that world and there's plenty of connections but that it's such a, a unique thing that that almost like people just don't don't really think about it that way
1: yeah i mean i think there's a little bit of that i think there's also some truth in that it's probably the third most watched out of those three things that we talked about, right? Like people with Netflix subscriptions are less than people that watch broadcast TV are less than people that go see a blockbuster movie, right? So for now, yeah, right for now. So and this is like the pioneer of this whole endeavor, right? And sure. we know that there, uh, we know that Netflix subscriptions you know, went up a little bit or what was it? What's, what's that 1% number that uh, the first day it went, the daredevil was released it, that
0: it's the most po It's the most watched. So if you, if you judge popularity by how many people watch it within, within the first, whatever to is, seven to 10 days, then Netflix is the most popular show on uh, Netflix. Is the most Daredevil is the most popular show on Netflix by a quite a wide margin, like much wider margin than house of cards. Orange is the new black. Um, you know, or any other show. I mean, the graph that we talked about a, a, f- a few episodes back was, was considerably higher for Daredevil than it was for those other shows.
1: Right. That being said, in essence, it's still like a premium cable channel.
0: Sure, absolutely. Right? Because yeah. you're
1: paying, what, eight bucks for streaming Netflix and it would cost you 10 or 11 bucks to stream HBO. Yeah. You know, so it's still going to... Never probably hit that notoriety level that the other mediums do just because it's an extra paid service. Just like, you know, the highest rated cable shows are not watched as much as the highest rated network shows besides Walking Dead a few years ago. But total, you know, uh, not the rule, the exception for sure.
0: It's funny, though. I I read a report the other day. This is a little off topic, but. That Netflix will surpass broadcast networks um, in like total viewership hours um, by 2016. Right. I mean,
1: the cord cutters are coming. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's no stopping those crazy cord cutters. If you're not into a local sports team, you know, you really don't need to pay so much for for TV, for cable, whatever. You know, if I didn't have a family where I would need an HD antenna in six different rooms, you know, I would totally cord cut. Yeah, yeah. But there's another podcast for that. There is. It might be called Cord Cutters. I don't remember.
0: Cord Killers, but yes. Whatever. Good show. Anyway, um, so back to back to Daredevil. Uh, but yeah, I just I I, you know, again to to make. Karen, this, this complex, you know, character, uh, was, was a bit surprising in a, in a good way. And I'm, I'm, you know, I really didn't expect her. I really did, just didn't expect things to go that way. You know, I, I thought, okay, she gets in trouble in the beginning and she's going to have her arc and they're going to triumph over Wilson Fisk and, you know, and then they'll move on to something else. And, and, you know, like we said for that whole arc where she, you know, basically gets Ben Urich killed then she kills, she turns around and shoots Wesley and then walks away from it. And nobody knows either of those things. Like nobody knows that that's, you know, how things happen. And she's kind of carrying that, that heavy burden with herself, um, into season two, I thought was just, like I said, just a a really genius way to, to go about it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, we're talking a little bit about female characters. Um, You know Claire Temple was another strong character. Absolutely. Um, And Rosario Dawson is sort of like a geek favorite because she's like a self-proclaimed geek herself and a big comic book fan and knows the characters and stuff. And it's really interesting to me that she might be the connecting tissue.
0: It looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we thought it totally
1: makes. I'm sorry. Totally makes sense that the night nurse would connect different heroes because they're all going to, they're all going to be in the New York area. They're all going to be street level. They're all going to need somebody to patch them up.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, it's funny when the, you know, when the show started, we just assumed that it was going to be Ben Urich. Like Ben Urich would be the character that would take us through all these different shows because he has a strong connection to, uh, Jessica Jones, to to daredevil to luke cage and and you know power man and iron fist you know that whole thing like he's very integral in that very street level new york scene you know in the comics um and so it not to rehash uh i guess we haven't really talked about ben urich yet but not and not to get too far down there but you know, when when his character was killed, it was it was like, oh, wow, what did they you know, what's the through line going to going to be? And then you know, when the news came out that Rosario Dawson was going to be in Jessica Jones and that she was definitely going to be um, her role was going to be expanded. Uh, yeah. Like you said, it just it it makes sense. And she's you know, she's one of those those actresses, too, that has, you know, big screen, you know, major movie experience as well. So, you know, she's a character that could, you know, easily cross over. into that scene if if they decide to go that way.
1: Do you think... Do you think that if the Spider-Man news came earlier, or if I should say if the Spider-Man deal came earlier, do you think that the fate of Ben Yorick could have been different?
0: No, the only thing I think is that it would have been the Daily Bugle that he worked for and that maybe we would have saw... Well, it probably would have been cast at that point, but, you know, maybe, you know, there might have been, like, a J. Jonah Jameson uh, appearance. But I don't... I don't know that, that they would have kept him alive.
1: I don't even mean... Well, I guess... I don't even necessarily mean that that Ben Urich would have ended up different like maybe they wouldn't have used ben yurik because they would have saved him for spider man
0: oh maybe so yeah maybe so
1: you know i i still don't see believe me i would love it for the ben yurik that's on the daredevil netflix to show up on this in the spider-man movie but i still do not believe that there's going to be that kind of interchangeability until i see it right
0: no i Uh, with you there
1: but i wonder if they would have liked to have ben yurik in the world of Spider-Man.
0: Maybe. I mean, he hasn't really, I mean, he, he definitely shows up in Spider-Man. That's for sure. But he's, he's not quite as integral in, in even though they both work for the bugle, he's not quite as integral. I think he's probably had more appearances in daredevil and those, in the other street level characters than he has in Spider-Man.
1: Right. And again, if he, if they didn't kill him, there were more opportunities for him to cross over in the Netflix world. Whereas if he was in Spider-Man, he probably wouldn't have shown up anywhere else, but you never know.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there. But they, uh, but yeah, again, you know, Rosario Dawson, I think again with the, with the love interest angle of it. Right. I mean, you know, they, they, you know, first she shows. you know, Matt shows up there. Um, you know, she kind of finds him by, you know, almost by happenstance, an accident, a lucky accident that she just happened to be a nurse and patches him back up. And then of course, because of that, you know, she's in danger later on and Matt has to rescue her, uh, which was a great scene. You know, when, when she realizes that Matt's come for her after they just beat the crap out of her in that, uh, in that taxi, uh, uh, garage or whatever it was. And, uh, you know and she knows that they're they're in trouble cuz she knows the kind of woman that Matt is but the fact that they kind of like start a relationship and then once she realizes that he's not going to pull back from doing what he's doing uh, that she can't be with him so so again it, it then it becomes like a friendship or a partnership or like they have an understanding like she's like look I can't we can't have a relationship together but I'll come and patch you up if you need to be patched up and, you know, I'll keep your secret and all that kind of stuff. So, again, it's just, I think they they really went out of their way to not be so cliched with the relationships in this show. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I thought it really worked. I, I did, I love that scene where she had the white hood on to, to uh, interrogate, um, what's his name? And, uh, you know, and she looked just like White Tiger. Yeah, yeah. That was cool, like the hoodie with the with the cover over face and stuff. And yeah, I thought the relationship did work. Like I I believed that they could, you know, that they had gotten intimate a little bit there under those circumstances. And I believed why she had to end it. And you know, it all it all just really worked.
0: And I'm I'm glad that she's gonna be back too because you know she I think she only appeared in what like four episodes out of the thirteen because you know she she showed up in. In episode two, and then, um, and then she shows up a couple more times, and then she kind of, or she shows up in in the first couple episodes, then she disappears for a while, and then she kind of comes back towards the end. So, you know, I wasn't really sure what they were doing with her, and I'm I'm guessing it probably just had to do with her availability. Uh, it's it seems like they wanted her. I I didn't get the impression that they purposely didn't have her involved. It it almost felt like she just wasn't available to film as much as they would have wanted her to be in the show.
1: Right. And everything that she has said since, you know, it's wrapped up is that, you know, how much she loved it and how much she wants to be in other Marvel shows or more opportunities and everything. She sounds really into it. Um, and again, like we said, looking forward to kind of being the connecting tissue, which would be cool. She's a great actress to, to have to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm good. I yeah, don't I can't have anything else.
0: Yeah, I can't think of anything else, you know, as far as those characters go. So I guess maybe next episode we'll do we're gonna talk about Ben Yurik and then we haven't really hit some of the other villains yet. You know, we haven't really talked much about Owsley or Madame Gao or Stick. So I think we'll have a lot I think I think we'll have a lot to say about uh about Stick. Uh and, and, and when we get when we get there,
1: I'm reading the uh, the part of that Daredevil comic uh, with the owl. Mm. And it's all very sort of confusing. Uh, <laughs> is Owl the owl by yes. name? It's same. Right. Same character. Uh, I do not think we'll be seeing no the owl show up on the uh, Netflix show
0: no the only way i could see that happening is if it's like his kid or you know something like that where he maybe has to come back and get revenge on you know you know maybe they go that route or something like that but yeah i thought that was a you know or maybe they're just trying to pull it back from comic book villains like not trying to do the you know cuz that's a hard one to pull off you know yeah he's
1: totally like got giant like think of like big wolverine hair and yeah. blow it out like three times as big yeah. And he's got, like, giant nails for, like, talons and stuff. And they're not even clear, like, if he has powers or what he is. He's just kind of like a jerk with long nails. Yeah. But uh, interesting, though, just, just the name play, you know, Alzy and the Owl. Sure, Lord. yeah. So we're talking about doing more Daredevil for next. But next, well, what are we at here? We're recording here on July 7th. Are we squeezing something in before Ant-Man? What's the Ant-Man date? I'm sorry. The 17th. The 17th. Or so like we're,
0: that? Yeah, we're 10 days away from Ant-Man, so uh you know, we would typically record that you know, probably like Sunday or Monday after. I usually one of the things I like to do is kind of get the weekend box office numbers before we record cuz you know, sometimes that could be pretty telling. Um but yeah, so maybe I think it's just going to depend on what our our personal schedules are like. If any big news pops up, uh, you know, Comic-Con is this week. So starting Thursday is Comic-Con. Marvel Studios is not going to be present like the, the movie. There isn't going to be any movie announcements or new trailers or anything like that. Uh, the TV side is going to be there. So we will be talking about Agent Carter and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the animated stuff. Uh, so if something big, I, I would say if something big comes out of the TV news, we may just pop on and do a quick, like, 20-minute, like, little uh, little show to to just kind of give our reactions to big news. Um, but, I, yeah, I think we'd be probably hard-pressed to get a full episode in before we have to turn around and, and get Ant-Man out uh, timely.
1: Right, and, and that'll be—our focus will be to do Ant-Man timely, because everybody yeah. will be psyched and jacked up about that. So— Um, you know, like Russ said, if, if we hold off to do another daredevil or news show, it's because we're going to come right back, you know, probably, I I would think if if we're all going to see Ant-Man opening Friday or Saturday, you know, by Monday or Tuesday, they'll probably be that next Monday or Tuesday. There'll be, there'll be an Ant-Man episode. Yeah. I would, I would bank on that. And by everyone, I mean, Russ and myself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. that's what it's come to summertime you know everybody's busy but uh we hope to have brad and or ken back sometime soon yes as brad battles a kidney stone
0: yes probably
1: too much information but hope you're feeling better brad
0: yes um a couple oh uh do you have anything else or do you i was gonna i have a couple things real quick
1: No, the the one thing, when you mentioned the animated stuff at San Diego Comic-Con, maybe, you know, probably not MCU-related, but that Guardians of the Galaxy animated show looks like it's going to be freaking awesome.
0: Yeah, I think that premieres this Saturday, this weekend?
1: Oh, I think maybe it's an August premiere date, but I've...
0: Oh, no, you're right, you're right. August 10th, I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, but that looks really cool. The animation style looks cool, and that's like the perfect thing to have a fun animated show you know it's a it's it's actually a shame that it took this long yeah because i think there was some real like groot rocket love about a year ago right now you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah for sure yeah if they could have popped this out six months ago or seven months ago they would have i I think the ratings would have probably been much higher
1: but that's it yeah just looking forward to hearing about that stuff out of uh, i know they're gonna not having the movies there you know, Marvel's going to have something. They're going to come up with something at that TV panel or... I mean, they just have yeah.
0: to. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I don't... You know, it's funny because I've been... You know, we follow some of the cast on Twitter and stuff like that. And nobody's talked about being on set or starting filming. They're all, like, on vacation and stuff. So I don't even think they're going to have, like... You know, sometimes you go to Comic-Con and they'll have, like, a, a pile, a first episode or a pilot or something like that. I don't even think they're going to, I don't think they have anything shot to show. Like, I don't think there's anything in the can, even that they could, uh, that they could, they could show there. Um, so yeah, I'm really curious just to see what they, what they do and, and you know, who shows up and, and what they talk about. Right. Um, but you know, the big thing with, with Disney now, and I think having star Wars in their, in their, you know, umbrella helps with this is uh is this that d23 conference they do in august and i think that's where all the big stuff is coming now i think we're going to see you know they've laid out phase three so how much more could they do but i think if we're going to get any kind of like trailer or footage or news or something like that for you know either the marvel stuff the cinematic stuff or the or the or the um star wars stuff i think it's going to come out of that you know that can that convention they do for for disney
1: I actually can't believe that they're still letting their news trickle out. In other words, like, you know, the electric casting is probably a, a pretty big deal. Like, how does Marvel not have, like, some like things like that running on their live YouTube channel? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like they don't have to do a big thing like they did for Phase 2 and 3 and have an arena full of people. I mean, that was cool, and you get the audience reaction everything. That's awesome. But... You put up a teaser, hey, big Marvel announcement on YouTube today at 6 p.m., you know, and let stuff come out that way. I mean, that would be freaking
0: huge. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. And it would
1: take nothing. It would take one of their talking head people, Agent M or what's her name? yeah. Yeah, to just sit in front of a Marvel logo and say, big news, official, you know, that stuff would be killer. Yeah. And it mean, wouldn't be internet fights over like scooping and things.
0: Exactly. <laughs> uh, so a couple things. Uh, I've been doing the, uh, the MCU, the News Minute. Uh, I've been trying to do it daily. Uh, I had a bit of a family emergency last week, so uh, there was no News Minute last week. Uh, I did one today as we record this. Uh, I imagine there'll be one... Uh, you know, like I said, like I mentioned before, I'm I, I'm kind of doing them. I would say between two and four times a week. It really just depends on if there's you know newsworthy of a minute or or, or so. Um, but again, it's just just a quick rundown of the of the big topics of the day. Not really any commentary. Um, you know, just you know, just kind of shouting out the you know the big stuff that comes across the the major news sites, um, including MCUExchange.com, our 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 partner site. Uh, and, and throw that out there. Uh, but again, that's not on. So for those of you that are list, that listen to the show still through the HHW master feed, uh, which we still push the show out there, um, I'm only putting the news minute out on the actual It's All Connected feed, which you can get from, uh, you can either subscribe to it directly through iTunes, you can head over to mcuexchange.com and there's a link to the RSS feed there. Uh, so you could subscribe directly to it. Uh, I just don't want to, you know, flood the other the other feed with a with a bunch of stuff. Um, but yeah, it's you know, with the intro and everything else and the outro, it's it's typically under two minutes. Um, and like I said, I just kind of throw that together uh, several times a week to just uh, just keep everybody updated. Uh, so definitely check that out. Uh, a few weeks back, I uh, I asked for some feedback on the show. You know, how many people are listening? What you know, what they thought, etc. Um, I am going to pick a respondent at random. Uh, And I'm going to send them my collector core uh, Marvel variant Ant-Man comic. So very cool. Yeah. So I'll pick somebody. Uh, I'll probably just private message you on Facebook, get your address uh, and get that out to you. Uh, So I appreciate the the feedback on that. Um, And that was it. I think I think that was all I had.
1: And speaking of, you know, feedback and comments, iTunes reviews, keep them coming. We're, we're, we haven't had one in about a month. We'd like to read more. Helps us out a lot. Uh, we have links up, you know, every every show there's links up on the, on the MCUExchange.com article for the show where you can uh, join our Patreon campaign to help us that way. You can join our Facebook, our Twitter, you know, all the great social media stuff that we try to do. And uh, once again, iTunes reviews are huge. We'd like to get back up to the front of the page, maybe for Ant-Man or something. That'd be great.
0: Indeed. Oh, and the unboxing video, we talked about it last time. Uh, I, the unboxing video was posted up, so if you want to see what all the goodies were inside the uh, the June Collector Core box, then head over to mcuexchange.com. It looks like August box is going to be Secret Wars, and it looks like the, the, the Funko Pop will be the new female Thor. So... Um, when that comes in, I'll I'll have an unboxing of that as well.
1: That's cool. I didn't realize. I actually thought the whole box was Thor. I did, I guess I wasn't paying attention, but that's uh that's cool. Yeah. Secret Wars some some different goodies in there on the comic side. We were wondering for a while, you know, what were they going to do? Yeah. There's no there's no movie coming out. You know, Daredevil's been done for a while, and I guess they're going to do comic related stuff, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I imagine probably the I want to see, so August September, October. So the end of October. So they usually ship at the end of the month. So the June box came like the last week of the month. Uh, the August one will come the last week of the month. So the next one will be the end of October. And so since Doctor Strange hits, um, oh that's November 2016. That's that's too far away. I was trying to think. I'm, I'm guessing there'll be a Halloween type theme. Something something maybe a villain maybe a villain theme box for October.
1: Well, that'd be awesome if it was like uh, Doctor Strange for October or...
0: Yeah. Blade. Blade. Sure. I wish.
1: All right. So thanks, everybody, for listening once again to It's All Connected. And uh, we will be back soon for some Ant-Man, some more Daredevil, and, and any other Marvel little stuff that pops up along the way. Have a good day. Talk to you later.